Hello and welcome. I'm Matt, the Friendly Board Gamer, and this is my 10-minute teardown. The short and to-the-point podcast aims to deliver a brief overview of a board or card game, description of mechanisms, and my thoughts of the game, all within 10 minutes. Time is short, and these podcasts are designed to be bite-sized reviews in quick and short bursts. In episode 3, I'm going to talk about Istanbul, the 2-5 player pick-up-and-deliver grid movement game from Pegasus Spiel, designed by Rudy Dawn. Istanbul is set in the Istanbul's busy market. Merchants and assistants are rushing here, there and everywhere. They're dashing through the narrow streets and they're trying to be the most successful merchant by using their assistance wisely. Um, Optimisation is the key. The wheelbarrows must be full of goods and then transported to various destinations. It's loud, it's busy and you're a leading merchant with your four assistants. As a merchant in Istanbul's busy market, you must traverse 16 different locations. You must buy goods, transport goods, and collect rubies quicker than your opponents. Being efficient is the key here, as at each location you drop off or pick up an assistant to perform an action at that location. So going into a quick overview of the rules, um, as I said, the body is made up of 16 different locations, and each player has a wheelbarrow that can store jewellery, fabric, spices, and fruit. Each player will take a merchant and also a stack of four assistants, which are placed underneath their merchant. And during a turn, a player must move their merchant and stack of assistance one or two spaces, and they must either drop off or pick up an assistant. Then they can perform the corresponding action that they've stopped on. Um, action spaces include things like filling your wheelbarrow full of one particular type of good, um, upgrading your wheelbarrow to be able to store more goods, going to the market to sell goods based on the demand at each market, and you can go to a mosque to get various bonus tiles, which have different special abilities and bonuses that you can get and use throughout the game. The Sultan Palace and the Gemstone Dealer allow players to get rubies for various goods and money. Players can return to the Fountain to retrieve all of the assistance. Players also have a family member that starts off in the police station. And if you visit the police station, you can free your family member and that sends them out to another location on the board where they get to perform one of the actions at that location. If on your travels through the market, you encounter another family member, and then you can send them to the police station and send them to prison and you get either money or a one-time bonus card. And if you encounter another merchant during your travels then you must pay them money and in a specific rules for a two-player game there are dummy merchants on the board as well. When you encounter these dummy merchants you pay the supply to the bank and then you roll two dice to determine where that dummy merchant moves and then he moves to that location for the subsequent rounds. So players will move around the board, dropping off and picking up assistance, encountering merchants, performing actions, collecting rubies, encountering other family members, and they can also encounter the governor and the smuggler. These also cost you money, and you can get um, different types of goods or a bonus card. I won't go into too much detail in them. They're fairly straightforward. Everything's explained in the rules, but just to let you know that they are there. And that is basically the main rules of the game. There are a few other locations and action spaces that I've not talked about, but hopefully that gives you a gist of the game what it feels like to play and and what the rules are. The rules are very simple and the actions are very simple, but what do I actually think of the game? Let's crack on and find out. Well, I think Istanbul is such a good design. That movement and dropping off and picking up an assistant to be able to do an action, I think is just fantastic. This won the Kinnerspiel in 2014, I think it was, and you can see why, you know, it's got a real good designer behind it. It's currently ranked in the top 100 on BoardGameGeek. And it's all about efficiency, it's about picking up your workers, um, dropping off your workers in such a way that you don't run out of workers, you'd have to return back to the fountain. The fountain does seem a bit like a suboptimal move, but sometimes you'd have to do it to get your workers back. 
I think the longer you can hold off and going to back to the phone team to get your workers and the more efficient you're going to be and the better you're going to do in the game. I think then bonus tiles that you can get at the mosque um, are really useful and really worth getting. They allow you some extra special actions and abilities um, like flipping a dice to a four when you go to certain locations or getting an extra resource when you fill your wheelbarrow with um, a different type of resource. However, I will say in the base game there are only four of these bonus tiles and you use all four um, in every game. So there's limited replayability or variability in them tiles there. I will say, however, that that is just the base game. And the copy I've got is the big box version and it does come with two expansions which from what I can tell add extra bonus tiles in there. So I am looking forward to getting them into the game as well and seeing how that changes the replayability and the variability of them bonus tiles and what they can do with the expansions. These same 16 locations are used again in every game but however the layout of them uh, you can vary them. There are suggested setups for short and long routes um, but you can also just uh, put them out randomly and create your own paths. Again, them 16 are just in the base. The two expansions do come with extra locations and, and from what I can tell, add um, more replayability and variability to the setup there as well. I think in terms of paths to victory, I think there's different routes you can go down. Um, there's the, the moss tiles you can get, which get you rubies. Filling up your, again, the expansions to your wheelbarrow will also get you rubies. You can go to the Sultan's Palace and give up goods to get rubies. Um, and you can also go to the gemstone dealer and purchase rubies with money. The one thing I do like is that at the Sultan's Palace and the Gemstone Dealer, every time you take a ruby, the next person who goes there, if that's yourself or somebody else, has to pay more goods or more money. And we get more and more expensive in terms of goods and resources every time a ruby is taken off that space. One of the main ways to get money in the game is to go to the market and fulfill them demand tiles. Um, it's really interesting because you don't have to have every single item on that tile, um, but the more items you do sell, um, based on what's depicted on the tile, the more money you get. So it's in your interest to get as many as possible. And then them tiles will uh, go to the bottom of the pile and a new demand tile will, will be displayed. I also really like the way that the variant for two players have been implemented with the dummy merchants. It really gives a feeling that there's extra people in the game, um, even though there's obviously not. And the upkeep of them is very minimal. You, know, you don't even do anything if you don't land on them. And when you do, you basically give two money to the bank, roll two dice, add up the value and move that new merchant to that new location. I think the gameplay is, is pretty spot on, um, especially a two-player game, uh, super quick. You know, you simply move your merchant, drop your assistant off and do your action. You know, there's minimal downtime um, in the two-player game. And imagine in, in, in higher player counts as well. I have only played this at two players, um, but from the way that the game's structured, I, I, I'm pretty sure that downtime will be kept to minimum in this. And you can always be planning what you're going to do with your, your go as well whilst other players have their turn. There is a bit of a luck element to the game as well at the black market where you can get jewelry and the tea house where you can get money you basically roll two dice and add up your values and depending on what you get will determine how much money or jewelry you get and that's why i think their must tiles are really useful because one of them will let you switch whatever dice you have rolled to a four and that's usually just enough to tip you over the edge so you at least get something it might not be exactly what you want but it's something's better than nothing it can be a bit of a brain burner for some people and people who suffer with AP will potentially freeze up a little bit on determining what the best actions are to do and the best movements to do. I think the iconography and graphic design is clear and easy to understand and the designers have done a grand job of making the gameplay fit into that and flow nicely. The components are good quality, the rubies look great, the location cards are thick and the other cards and cardboard tokens are of decent quality as well. As you can probably tell, I'm really enjoying Istanbul at the moment. 
think it, the game still got lots to explore for me. It's got the long routes and the random routes and there's some other variants in the rulebook as well. I like the fact it's got multiple paths to victory. I like the puzzle element of the game of how best to move your workers. I found that very compelling. And the bonus cards are useful in the right situations. They can be a bit situational at times. Um, I like how the rubies get more expensive as the game goes on. And I'm looking forward to adding the expansions. So that is the end of my 10 minute teardown. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope that it gives you a brief overview of the game and what I think of it. If you like my content, then feel free to subscribe to my podcast. You can also find more content over at thefriendlyboardgamer.wordpress.com and be sure to check out my default dice reviews where I use dice as an acronym for duration, interaction, complexity and engagement to discuss a board or card game covering these four topics. You can also subscribe directly to the blog or follow me on Twitter at Matt Thomason to or just search for The Friendly Board Gamer and you'll be sure to find me. You can also subscribe on Board Game Geek using Friendly Board Gamer. And as always, any comments or feedback is welcome and can be sent to thefriendlyboardgamer at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.